We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. All right. Hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, all right. You guys are ready to go. You ready to go. Hey, we uh, conclude our series today, Adventure Through the Season. We've been looking at this idea of Advent. Uh, As you know, uh, Advent is where we celebrate and we remember Christ's first coming and we anticipate and we get ready for his second coming. And if Advent is something new to you, maybe you didn't grow up in church or uh, maybe the church that you grew up in just didn't, didn't ever kind of, you know, grab on to the whole Advent thing. Uh, there's four weeks. We have four lanterns. And as you see, the fourth lantern has been lit. All right. Yes. Now, what is that? We're going to talk today about peace. We're going to talk about peace. So turn with me to the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to get to that in just a second. But I want to make good on something uh, that I shared with you in an email that I sent out this past week. Uh, now, uh, if you don't get uh, my emails, uh, please sign up on our website. Uh, you, will, you will get all the emails that I send out and in any church-wide emails that we send out. Uh, if you don't read my emails, come talk to me afterwards and, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll accept your forgiveness. Anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, in this email, I just said, hey, look, we made the announcement uh, that Brett just reviewed with you a second ago. And I said, uh, this week, we are going to reveal where this property is. And so I would like to do that right now. I'd like to reveal where this property is. Last week, I said it's a stone's throw away from where we are. And some of you were like, well, who's throwing the rock? <laughs> like, as if, if I'm throwing the you know, anyway, uh, don't overthink it, guys. Um, so I wanted to show you a bird's eye view of this property uh, this, is, this is the 50 acres right here. That right there, that road right there is Hooper Road. We are on Hooper Road if you're facing that direction. So if you were to leave JF High School uh, from that parking lot right there and take a left, you would take a left onto Hooper Road. So JF is sort of down here. You would go less than a mile, about 0.8 of a mile. I don't know what the, how you say that in fractions, but um, my math people can tell me. Uh, right there is the, the beginning of the road frontage of that property, uh, and that is 50 acres of about a 119-acre farm uh, that many, many developers have tried to uh, inquire and purchase from these owners, and they've said, no, we don't want a development there, we don't want a development there. And as I said last week, they called us up and said, but we would love to have your church there, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff. So right back here, if you know the forest area, many of you are from this area, uh, that is the backside of Farmington neighborhood. So you can kind of see where that is. And then I want to show you this picture. Um, I put, uh, you see the, there I am. Yeah, that's me. Um, in, in, in as, as close to hunting garb as I can get, even though I've never shot anything but a chipmunk with a BB gun. Anyway, right back there is the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I love that because if you're looking at that property, you can see just that beautiful mountainscape uh, behind uh, that I think is representative of what 
we've been through in this journey, uh, because we've been looking for land for years and just kind of saying, God, where do you want us to be, where do you want us to be? That idea of moving mountains. And this is, is truly a miracle because we've had shut doors and dead ends and roadblocks. And, you know, all of a sudden somebody calls us up and says, hey, we'd love for you to consider putting your church there. And uh, that's what we want to do. So, uh, Waymaker uh, Christmas offering, that whole build side of the Waymaker vision uh, is about us studying this piece of property and saying, okay, is, is this a place that we can see our future 24-7 ministry space where it can be a headquarters for us to proclaim the gospel and help people grow up in the gospel? And, and I'm excited about it. Uh, it. It seems like just about every week that we proclaim with clarity and with passion the good news of Jesus Christ in one or more of our services, someone raises their hand and says, yeah, me too. I want to I go from death to life. I want to go, I wanna go uh, into the arms of my heavenly Father now and for eternity. And last week, we got to celebrate that yet again, which is pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> celebrate that. All right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the person beside you, and I want you to tell them your favorite TV Christmas special growing up. All right, right now, go ahead and do that. What was your favorite TV Christmas special? What was it? It could be a TV movie. Some of you may be binging on those Hallmark movies. All right. All right, I'm going to tell you mine. My favorite one, it's, it's in my top three, if not number one, was the Charlie Brown. Come on. Charlie Brown Christmas special. I don't even know why I like that. The animation is horrific. You can't, I mean, like even the sound quality, you're just kind of trying to listen. Like, what is he saying? What is he saying? What's Charlie Brown saying? Because it was like made in like the late 60s. But wow, the soundtrack, I mean, it takes me back. And, 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 it, and, and you get to, you know, here's the plot line in case you haven't ever seen it. Uh, to watch that and The Wizard of Oz, you know, and get out from the rock that you've been living under. It's an amazing story. You know, you know Charlie Brown and his friends, they, they, you know, kind of have these misadventures trying to figure out what's the true meaning of Christmas. And, and, you know, it's all the presents and the Santa Claus stuff. And at the very end, of course, you know, Charlie Brown and his friends realize uh, that it's, it's about Jesus and Jesus Christ coming. And they read the Luke passage and uh, peace on earth. What? Yeah, oh, see, you guys, are, we feel warm saying that right there. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then we stop to realize, what in the world does that even mean? Like, I mean, did you live through 2016? Because I don't know about you, man, it was not peaceful. I mean, you watch TV and you got a couple crazy people yelling at each other and everybody else in their crew yelling at each other and I, I mean, I don't know about you, but no, November the 9th, I was just like, I'm going to vote and I'm going to bed. And I don't care what happens when I wake up. I did my civic duty and I'm just going to let God Almighty figure it out because that's where I was. And, and, and you know, you, you wake up that Wednesday morning thinking that everything's going to be cool and everything's going to be good. And then all of a sudden you, you turn on the TV and there's like, there's protests and then there's recounts. And now we've got the... You know, you know, are, you know is, is the electoral college, or are people going to rebel? And, the, and, and it's like, oh, man, I thought, we were, I thought we were done with this. 
I thought, we, I thought it was all settled. And, and then you, you, you watch TV and you got Russians and rebels in Syria and you got Russians and rebel in our internet. I mean, yeah, I mean you, thank you for getting that joke. Um, you got Chinese taking our water toys. Like, what's the deal with that? Like, there is no peace. Like, when is this peace gonna happen? Because I watched Charlie Brown and I read Luke and I'm wondering what in the world, when is this peace actually going to happen? And I think we talk about peace and we start to wonder, you know, maybe if you, if you grew up in church and you grew up hearing those passages, the nativity passage and the proclamation of the angels, maybe this is just a future peace. Maybe this is just a peace that, that people who believe and follow Jesus are promised when they, when they die, when they die and they go to heaven, it's just this future peace. And in the meantime, we got to deal with, you know, everything that's on the news and everything that's going on in our family. Uh, some people who, who, who maybe take it a little bit deeper and just say, no, 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 that's a spiritual peace. You know that, of course, Jesus came to bring reconciliation with God, that, that sin and evil and death have been reconciled for us. And so, uh, you have the spiritual knowledge of knowing that you're at peace with God and therefore peace on earth and goodwill to men is a spiritual peace. If you didn't grow up in church or you don't believe and follow Jesus, you might go, okay, that's really cool for all you Christians. Uh, I, I would think of that more as a transcendental peace. You know, I'm gonna go to my yoga class and I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna read some books about how I can be right with things and, you know, through, you know, willpower and, and, and meditation. And uh, so on and on, we all have different ideas of what this peace might be, what, what peace is anyway. But here's what we do. We reduce down to its bare essentials. What does the Bible say about peace? What is the definition of peace when it comes to the Bible? And here it is. I want you to look at this and I want you to write this down. Peace in the, in the Bible from, from the Old to the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation is bottom line, restored relationships. I want you to say that with me. One, two, three, restored relationships. That is peace. That is peace. It's not necessarily the absence of war. It's not necessarily everything's going my way. It is simply this. There is a broken relationship or relationships and they are getting restored or they have been restored. And so when we get to Isaiah's prophecy, seven centuries before the birth of Christ, 700 years before the birth of Christ, he is, throughout this prophecy, foretelling of the coming Messiah. He's, he's saying, look, this is coming. This person who has been anointed by God. And in this passage that we're about to, to look at, many times recited during this time of year, it is giving us the job description of the forthcoming Messiah. Of course, we know to be Jesus Christ. But to Isaiah, all he knows is this is what I'm supposed to say and this is who it's going to be. This Messiah will have a particular set of skills. That's the best Liam Neeson I can do. I won't do any more impressions. But that is his skill set. This is who he is. All right, here we go. Let's jump into this verse six. For to us, a child is born. So this child is going to be born just like everybody else. To us, a son is given. 
and the government will be on his shoulders. What does that mean? It just means that he is going to influence and impact society. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And I want you to say this with me. One, two, three, of peace. Let's keep going. Thank you for interacting. Of the greatness of his government and, say this with me, one, two, three, peace. There will be no end. Prince of peace, no end to peace. We will, or he will reign on David's throne and, and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wow, what is happening here? What the prophet Isaiah is saying is a lot. In fact, if you didn't grow up in church or you're new to the Bible, that may have just made your head spin. You're like, what? Okay, so that was the job description for the forthcoming Messiah. That's who he would be. And even if you, you've read that a hundred times, you might even be a little bit confused by all of those descriptions. And I'm gonna tell you this, there is a whole series that we could teach and preach on each one of those descriptors. But I wanna hone in on that idea of Prince of Peace. Go back to verse six, if you can. Uh, that idea of he is going to be the Prince of Peace. What does that mean when we define it with a biblical definition of peace. It means prince, ruler, of reconciled relationships. One of the things that this forthcoming Messiah that we know today as Jesus, we have celebrated and we have remembered his first coming. He would come and he has come to be the ruler of reconciled relationships. Now, I don't know about you, but I have some relationships throughout my life that have needed to get reconciled. Think about that for a second. Is there a person here in town that you're hoping you don't see in Walmart? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, the great philosopher Matthew McConaughey once said this, Explain that to the person beside you later. He said, I try to live... I'm not going to do an impression of McConaughey, okay? And, all right, all right, all right. That's it. That's all I got. So this is what he said. he said. He said, I try to live my life without any crumbs behind me. He says, that way I don't have to look over my shoulder and wonder what I still have left there. And, and what, he's, what he was saying was basically, I, I, I don't want to, to owe anybody money. I, I don't want to have had this, this thing that, that I haven't taken care of in my past. I want to make sure that, that there aren't things that I haven't swept up and dealt with. And, and I thought, what a, what a cool way to describe that, that, that there are crumbs in our past. There's these relationships that, that have left some crumbs behind us that that maybe we offended somebody, maybe we hurt somebody's feelings or they did uh, us or we did for each other. Uh, maybe it's a, a parent, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it was a neighbor where things just didn't go down the right way and, and now you either just ignore that person or they ignore you or you ignore each other or you 
you see each other because you can't avoid that because you're going to come to the same family reunion. Remember that whole series? Uh, you, you, or you're going to work with them. And so you just ignore the situation. You just like, like, like just don't look over here. Don't look at the crumbs underneath the carpet. We just swept those. But there's still this sort of angst. There's this weirdness that, that you, you, can't, you can't talk about certain things with this person. You can't bring up certain things because we're not talking about that. We're not dealing with that. We all, I think, have these relationships that are still lingering around. And maybe you've made attempts to make them right. Uh, and you were pushed away or you just botched it even worse and things are even weirder than they were before. Here's what the prophet Isaiah is saying about this child who will be born, who will be the Messiah. He is coming not just to bring some spiritual peace. He is coming not just to bring some future peace for people who believe and follow him When they die, they experience this forthcoming future peace. He is coming to be the ruler of reconciled relationships where people misunderstand each other, where people mistreat each other, where people just aren't who they should be for each other. Come to one another and say, I am sorry and I forgive you. And we move forward into newness. Remember, this whole series has been built on the idea of a resurrection and a new creation. Yes, a resurrection of our own hearts and minds and souls. And even our physical body someday into a new creation. But also the resurrection of broken and dead things here and now. We have to understand that Advent that this idea of Jesus coming and dying and resurrecting and coming again is to be lived out here and now. Write this down. Jesus came to bring us peace today. Today. He came to bring us peace right here and right now. Peace on earth and goodwill to men is not something that we are looking forward to. It is something that we are living right now. The ruler of reconciled relationships. N.T. Wright says this. He says, the Christmas story, like Isaiah's prophecy, one we just read, isn't about an escape from the real world of politics and economics. Listen, we're going to go through 2016 again. Yeah. Yeah. Of empires and taxes, those are not going away, I promise you. Even if you move to Canada, in fact, they triple. (laughs) Empires and taxes and bloodthirsty wars. He says this, he says, problems at last, or I'm sorry, it's about God addressing these problems at last from within, coming into our world, his world, and shouldering the burden of authority, coming to deal with the problems of evil, of chaos and violence and, and oppression in all their horrible forms. Christmas is about Christ confronting something to bring peace to us. I want to say this, and this is so tweetable. Every peace is preceded by a confrontation. 
I'm going to say that again because some of you missed it. Every peace reconciled relationship is preceded by, has to have a confrontation. There will be no peace just strolling in the room, ignoring things. You have got to confront some stuff. Why? Because that's what Christ did for us. He confronted our sin problem. He confronted our evil issue. He confronted our fear of death so that we could be reconciled with God. Every piece is preceded by a confrontation. Please do not lose that today. Because some of you are going to walk out of here and go, oh, that was a really nice peace sermon. (laughs) And you're just going to stroll into something like naively or ignorantly. I'm going to tell you this. Whatever relationship needs to get reconciled, maybe even your relationship with God, is preceded by a confrontation. You've got to confront some things in the mirror first. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to confront some things in your relationships. You've got to say, hey, uh, there's a sin here that I committed against you. There's an evil here that I've tolerated. And and, and, and we, we we need to talk about it. We need to put it out there. If there's going to be peace, you're not going to to stroll through the Walmart aisle and high-five somebody that you, you, you hurt and you wounded and you sinned against like nothing's going on. You, you got to confront some things. You got to deal with what is happening or what has happened. Why do I know this? It's because Christ is demonstrating us. He's saying, look, the, the cross was a confrontation it, it, it was me confronting your sin. It was me confronting the evil. You, you know, you, you look at this even in, in Paul's writing to the church. Look at Romans. Look, look what he says in, in Romans. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith. What was he saying? He's saying, look, you, your sins have been justified. They've been taken care of. They've been forgiven. All of your sins, past, present, and future. Your evil problem, your death problem, All of that has been taken care of. And your only participation in that is just your faith, just your willingness to humble yourself and say, God, thank you for doing for me what I cannot do for myself through your one and only son, Jesus Christ. He says, we we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have had reconciliation with the most important, powerful relationship in your life and eternity and that is your relationship with God. Through Jesus, through Jesus, we have peace with God. Now, I want to follow that up with a statement. We have peace with God. When we're at peace with God, we create peace on earth. Church, let's have a fireside chat for a second. You have been made right with God through the confrontation that Jesus Christ had with your sin on a cross. He violently, he was violently killed and executed. His death 
represented the death that you and I deserved. The sin that he took on, he took on the punishment of that in that moment. And here's, here's what we have to understand. Because we are at peace with God because of what Christ has done, he says, I want you, therefore, to do what I have done. I want you to create peace on earth. Well, how in the world am I supposed to do that? Well, every peace is preceded by a confrontation. And you have to confront what is going on in you. What's going on in you right now? Yeah, you, you decided to believe and follow Jesus years ago, but are you, are, are you, are you still a person who's divisive in relationships? Do you, do, you, do you find yourself justifying talking about people who aren't there? Do you find yourself doing that? Do you find yourself just stretching the truth a bit? Do you find yourself... Uh, maybe having an inappropriate relationship with somebody, somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband? Do you find yourself kind of going back to those old addictions that, that, that you kind of cope with the pain and the distractions of life and the boredom of life? And, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in this place where you have all of this guilt and all of this shame again that Jesus Christ took care of on the cross. And it's keeping you from being so electrified and so emboldened by the fact that you are reconciled with God and it's keeping you a slave again to some things that you have been set free from. And you know what? And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to just convince you all over again. You are not worthy. It can't be as easy as just believing It can't be as easy as just following Jesus. You need to put back on an old old suit of religion. You need to go ahead and, and, and you know what, the heck with it all. Why don't you just rebel and just go? And and you find yourself in this place where it's like, peace on earth, whatever. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ, through his death on a cross, through his resurrection, confronted Jesus sin once and for all for you and me and where it exists or where it creeps back into your life you can proclaim today that he is the prince of peace he is the ruler of reconciled relationship and he has reconciled your relationship with god and when you and i get a hold of that guess what we are able to do we are able to reconcile relationships with people because all of a sudden i realize how not awesome i am Okay, somebody got it. Somebody got it. Somebody got it. Okay, let's just look at this. Ephesians, Paul's talking about this. He says, for he himself is our peace, our peace, our reconciled relationship, who has made the two groups. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were the chosen people. They were to bring the reconciliation of God through their line and through their promise and through the covenant that God made for them so that they could give it away to the whole world. And they, they had some challenges with that, but, but Jesus said, hey, look, I don't care if you have challenges with that. We're doing this. You can get on board or not, but we're doing this. And the church ushers in a time where these two groups, these two groups are at peace with. He says, he has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier. What barrier? The dividing wall of hostility. He keeps going. He says, what kind of hostility? By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and the regulations. His purpose was to create in himself 
one new humanity. Wow. A new humanity that is now filled with the Spirit of God, that is no longer driven by the shame and the blame of religion, but now is emboldened by the peace that God has brought through Jesus Christ. I am right with God, and therefore I can be right with you, and I will be right with you, and I will be an agent of that reconciliation. A new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. He goes on, he says, and in one body to reconcile both of them. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the church. Both of them to God through the cross, through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. What does he say? He says, the cross. Now, for those of you who are new to church or new to the Bible, or you're just, you're just not getting any of this, the cross, when you see that in the Bible, or when you hear people who believe and follow Jesus talking about the cross, what they're talking about is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ on a cross and what that represents. It represents the atonement of sin for all humankind, once and for all. And what Paul says is, on that cross, what happened there is we as human beings can walk around in this new humanity, spirit-filled with the wisdom of God and the example of Jesus Christ, and we can know, you know what? I'm not that awesome. I am not perfect. I break things, and Jesus Christ has mended it for me. He has brought it back together for me. And because I am aware of that, because I am aware of that, I look at you differently. Here's how I look at you now. I know that you're going to blow stuff up. I know that you're going to break things. I know that you're going to hurt me, and you're going to hurt yourself. And you're not going to meet my expectations. And you're not going to meet your own expectations. And you're going to fumble through this life the same way I am. And you know what? All of a sudden, I realize something that the cross has brought to me. And that is reconciliation with God. And therefore, I can be reconciled with you because I don't expect you to be perfect. Just like God did not expect me to be perfect in order to be right with him. Oh, some of you missed that. I don't expect you to be perfect, to be right with me. Because God didn't expect me to be perfect, to be right with him. What would happen if we unleashed those kinds of people on an unsuspecting world? People who just walk around and just say, hey, you know what, I look at you and I don't see Democrat or Republican, I don't see gay or straight, I don't see Baptist or Methodist, I don't see atheist or agnostic, I see you as an image bearer of God. And you know what, you're on a journey, and maybe I'm going to be a part of your reconciliation, maybe I'm going to be a part of your story, I don't know, but you know what, you're right here in front of me, and this doesn't have to be win-lose. I, I don't have to win, and you lose. This is, this is win-win. And you know, think about that in a marriage. All of a sudden, it starts changing marriages, doesn't it? I start looking at my wife, and I start saying, you know what? You are never going to meet my expectations. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Okay, Sheena, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going somewhere with this. 
But just as well, she's going to look at me and go, you know what? That's right. You know, you're bald. <laughs> I mean, I married you and you had hair. I did. I did. I had that swoop skater cut. Man, it would look good. It's gone. It was gone by 28. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. When we start to go, man, wow, like the cross has made me at peace with God. And he didn't expect me to be perfect, to be right with him. Why would I expect people? It changes everything. And it doesn't mean that we don't have discernment, and it certainly doesn't mean that we don't confront things. Remember, because every piece is preceded by a confrontation. Hey, Mom, have a seat. I want you to know I love you. And I don't expect you to be perfect, but you've got to stop that. you got to, because it's hurting people. It's hurting people. And you know what? I'm going to love you even if you don't stop. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you, but I've got to put up some boundaries. But I want you to know, I want you to know that, that I'm committed to you either way. But in order for us to have peace, in order for us to reconcile, we got to deal with this sin. We got to deal with this evil that's, that's wrecking our family. Mm, mm. Write this down. Write this down. This is, this is, peace ultimately is about how we relate to each other. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. What is that? It's not the absence of war. It's not like some peace treaty that all the nations get together. You know what it is? It's you and me living in a new humanity and walking around in this new humanity that was purchased by Christ on a cross, that was foretold by Isaiah 700 years before it ever happened. Hey, let me tell you one of his job descriptions. He's going to be the ruler of reconciled relationships. And you're just going to live that out. You know where it starts, though? Peace starts with us starts with us. It, it, it's, a, it's a decision that I make every day that am I, gonna, am I going to live in the freedom that Christ has purchased for me or am I going to go back to the slavery of old things? And I'm going to tell you something. As we were getting into this content, uh, even two weeks out as we were reading through this and preparing through it, when I say we, I, I mean our, our, our team that, that's put this whole series together, I knew that there was a relationship uh, that I had refused to reconcile. And it was a relationship with my sister. I hadn't, I hadn't spoken to her in a, in a year. You know, I'm up here talking about you guys need to deal with these things and, you know, and like these are your problems, and, but don't look at my problems. Don't look at my fear. Don't look at my... I, I literally just was hit in the face and just say, you get up there, John, and, and, and you talk about having the courage to, to deal with these things. And... My sister called me on my birthday, and I was, I was asleep. It was a Sunday afternoon. She called me on my birthday, and she said, hey, uh, you know, we hadn't talked in a year. And, and she says, I just want to wish you a happy birthday. And I, said, and I was kind of out of it, and she says, are you asleep? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, why don't you just call me back later? And I hung up the phone, and I never called her back. I never called her back. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just kept pressing on me. And I, get, I go through the whole family dinner series. And I go, okay, I'm going I'm to I'm talk to her at Thanksgiving. I'm going to talk to her at Thanksgiving. We're going to get to the side. We're going you know, to deal with it. And, uh, and, and my son got the flu on Thanksgiving, so I didn't, I didn't go to Thanksgiving dinner. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm off the hook because I don't have to see her at Christmas because we've already done that. You know the rotation? You know, this family, that family. 
So I'm off the hook. These are, the, these are my internal conversations. And then I start, we start preparing for this message. And I go, here, I got a choice. I can either go up there and be a total hypocrite and probably encumber somebody's breakthrough. Or I can call my sister and tell her I'm sorry. I put it off until yesterday afternoon. I'm getting ready to walk into a family gathering, and I'm like, you guys go in. i got to make a phone call. And my, and my wife looks at me, and she goes, yes, you do. <laughs> and I, I called my sister, and I just said, I want to tell you. I'm sorry. I said, I want to tell you I'm sorry. And um, I I went on to explain what that meant. And um, man, in the back of my mind, I was like, and you should say it too. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But I didn't, because this wasn't about her. This was about me. And I think that's what the cross allows us to do. It just says, you know what? I don't have to be the judgment police. I don't have to deal with your stuff and tell you about your stuff. And I just need to deal with my stuff. And when I start to deal with that, I start to see people differently. And after I got off the phone, she forgave me. And I felt this amazing, remarkable peace. Yeah. And I don't know what crumbs that you have. I don't know what crumbs that you have. And maybe it's impossible for you to have a conversation. Maybe that person is dead. They, they passed away 10 years ago. Maybe that person has just walled themselves up in a cave and there's no way you can get through that. I don't know. But maybe you just need to, to do a couple things today. Maybe you just need to confess. Maybe you just need to confess. Maybe just to say, you know what? I, I know, Heavenly Father, that through Jesus Christ, you have purchased my freedom and, and you have brought reconciliation with you. And now I have put back the old chains of addiction, uh, all the old chains of, of dysfunction, all the old chains of, of wounds. And I've let the enemy come back into my life and, and convince me of things that you set me free from. And maybe today, just in this moment, you just need to confess that. And you say, God, I want to reclaim the forgiveness that you've already purchased for me. Thanks so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus, and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentwoodchurch.org or visit our website, brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.